Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I am Max, here along with Trip and Colby. Uh, we are talking about famous people in history, and we're going to start it off with Trip telling us about uh, Archbishop Oscar Romero. All right, so hello, I'm Trip, and I'm going to tell you about Oscar Romero. So, Oscar Romero was born on August 15, 1917, in El Salvador. Romero was appointed Archbishop of El Salvador on February 23, 1977. Romero was a noble and strong leader for the Salvadoran Catholics. During the time as Archbishop, the cruel and ruthless Salvadoran government and their military ruled over the populace with an iron fist committing many offenses of social injustice, oppressing the population, and violating human rights. This resulted in movements against the Salvadoran government. The government responded to these protests with brute force, harshly killing hundreds of men, women, and children every day. During his early days of Archbishop, a fellow priest and good friend of Romero's was brutally killed after helping the poor and oppressed in El Salvador. There was a ma- this was a major influence for Romero to bring justice and poor for, to bring justice to the poor of El Salvador. This angered many people who were against social justice, including the government. Romero received death threats daily and was aware he could be killed in, at any day. Even when his life was on the line, though, Romero was not discouraged and continued to serve for the people who needed it. On March 24, 1980, while celebrating Mass at a chapel, Romero was shot and killed. He was 62. Romero only served as Archbishop for three years before his assassination. During his funeral, Violence broke out as the Salvadoran military slaughtered dozens of civilians, throwing smoke bombs and subsequently opening fire. It is evident that the Salvadoran government is responsible for the death of Oscar Romero. Romero died doing what was right, giving justice for those who needed it the most. Unfortunately, after Romero's death, tensions between the government and protest movements grew worse and worse. This, this sparked 12 years of civil war, which, scale, which scarred El Salvador from 1979 to 1992. Throughout the building stages of the war and the war itself, government forces intentionally targeted civilians and slaughtered them, a major portion of the death toll being children. The Salvadoran government is what is can, can be similar to the oppressive Syrian government. Now, uh, I'm gonna give it to Kobe now to explain his person. All right, hey guys, my guy is Father Miguel Hidalgo Ecostia. Um, Miguel Hidalgo was born May eighth, seventeen fifty three, in Penjamo, Mexico. Um, he was known as a Mexican revolutionary priest. Um, in his early years, he was briefly trained in a Jesuit school and soon left it 
but he chose to stay in the academic community, attending Dissocian College of Nicholas, e even after earning degrees in theology, the, which is the study of religion. By 1776, he became a member of the San Nicholas faculty as a teacher, and by 1790, he became the rector, which is a pr the principal of the college. In 1803, he took up his deceased brother's duties as a parish priest. Um, so um, back then, it was known that if you had a um, family member who died with a job as like a priest, um, the family member could take it up. So um, Miguel Hidalgo took his brother's role as the parish priest. And in 1808, Spain was invaded by the French. And at this time, Spain um, was, Mexico was owned by Spain. And Mexico wanted to be, get free from Spain. Most of everybody that lived in Mexico wanted to get out of their power. Um, and Spain was just not nice to the to the um, Mexico. They were unequal, and it just wasn't right. Um, so the king of Spain, which was King Ferdinand, was abdicated for Joseph Bonaparte. And abdicated is when someone is um, forced out of um, being a large role, and someone else is brought in. And many Mexicans and Spaniards did not want this to happen. And though Spanish officials were loyal to the new king, many Mexicans were creating secret societies, some supporting Ferdinand and some for advocating independence, independence from Spain, which Miguel Hidalgo was in. Hidalgo belonged to a pro-independence group in San Miguel, Mexico, near Dolores. When the plot was betrayed to the Spanish, several members were arrested. So one of the members of the secret society um, ratted out the group, and most of the members of the group were arrested, it, but um, Hidalgo was not. Um, warned to flee, Hidalgo decided instead to act promptly. On September 16, 1810, he rang the church bell in Dolores to call his par parishioners to, it, to the announcement of revolution against the Spanish. His speech was not only an, an encouragement to revolt, but a cry for racial equality and the redistribution of land. It became known as the Grito de Dolores, which also means the cry of the Dolores. So um, this, me this is the point where this is the point where Father Miguel Hidalgo Costilla came out and told the Mexicans, we need to revolt. And this is the point where the Mexicans did revolt. Soon after, um, many Mexicans had started to take over land, Miguel tried to flee to the United States. And as his, on his tryings, he was captured by the Spaniards and was killed by a firing squad. Um, Father Miguel Hidalgo y Costilla is now known as the start of the Mexican Revolution, and now today, Mexico is an independent country t um, taken away from s the Spanish rule. So now we're going to transition into Max Hutchins, um, which is Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Yeah, so Gabriel Garcia Marquez was born in Aratoca, Colombia on March 6, 1927. 
uh, he was, whenever he was born, he, his grandparents had to take care of him from as an early child, and his parents loved to tell stories to him, and that really grew his creativity, and he loved telling stories to other children and loved listening to his grandparents speak. And whenever he grew up, he went to college, and he dropped out of college to become a journalist. He started out as a small-time journalist, but then became one of the bigger journalists for the biggest... Uh, for the biggest journalist company in Colombia. He was a journalist in in Colombia and in France. He uh, so he then uh, moved back to Colombia after being in France to become an author and he got married to his college sweetheart and he, whenever he became a journalist, he, I mean, <clears throat> as an author, he, Gabriel Garcia Marquez was, Gabriel Garcia Marquez was born in Aratoca, Colombia on March 6, 1927. Uh, he was raised by his grandparents, and his grandparents loved to tell him stories, and he loved listening to their stories and telling other stories to other children. And it really grew his imagination and his creativity, and it helped him thrive in his later years. So whenever Gabriel grew up, he went to college and dropped out to become a small-time journalist. He wrote a lot of pieces for a small journalist company, and then he was later hired to a big-time journalist company in uh, in Colombia, and he soon moved to France to be still working for the same company, but just reporting on the news in France. And later, he he was a really good journalist journalist there. But then he moved back to Colombia to get married to his college sweetheart, and to become an author. And as an author, he was a very well known author. He won the Nobel Prize. And he introduced magical realism to readers around the world. And magical realism is something that seems magical, but it also seems real at the same time. But he wrote fiction, and his novels were extremely uh, well-known, and people loved reading his books. Uh, but unfortunately, at the age of 87, he died of pneumonia, but his... Legacy still lives on throughout magical realism and other authors who now write in that style. So, now transitioning on, uh, what do you guys think that your person would do about the conflicts in Syria? Well, I think Archbishop Romero would um, do his best to um, keep the peace in Syria and uh, try to... Um, and try to uh, bring justice for those who need it the most. Exactly like what he did in the conflict in El Salvador. Because I think in some ways that the government in Syria and El Salvador are in some ways the same. What about you, Colby? 
So I think Father Miguel Hidalgo would um, take this conflict and treat it just like he did with Mexico and Spain. Um, so let's say Assad is like Spain and the Syrian people are Mexico. He would do what he does best, which is peacefully um, revolt against the rule and just in a peaceful manner try to um, get Assad and the people just in a peaceful state that where nobody is getting killed um, nobody is just getting brutally murdered, and there's no um, wars and battles going on and bombs going off every, everywhere, which kills thousands of people that have nothing to do with the war. So I think he would go in and treat it just like he did with Spain and Mexico and um, bring them together and help peacefully in, in a peaceful way. All right, so... I think that Gabriel Garcia Marquez would uh, try to like move in closer to Syria so he can really capture what's going on there and probably write a couple pieces on it and really get the people involved into it, try to start up something and just inform people on what's going on. And he would also probably write like a love story of people that are living in the harsh conditions in Syria because uh, his most famous book was Love and a Time of Cholera, and it was a lot like what I just, you know, said that he just writing about a tough way of getting together, and yeah, so. Yeah. And now transitioning into another topic, um... Which people do you think would have a lot in common? Because I feel like uh, Colby's person and, uh, what's his name again? Father Hidalgo. Because I feel like Father Hidalgo and Oscar Romero are in some ways the same. Yes, because uh, Father Hidalgo is a priest and uh, Oscar Romero is an archbishop. They, you so know, they both have to do with religion? Yes, and Catholic religion. And uh, both of their deaths made conflicts worse. Yeah, I feel like a lot of our, you two, you guys have a lot in common. And that they've, all of our people have just made a really good diff difference to the world. And, you know, just thank you all for watching, for tuning in and listening to this. And uh, see ya. Yeah, thank you, Max. Thank you, Colby.